0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there, and uh, welcome to uh, yet another edition, edition of Lynn Cullen Still Alive. It is July 20th. And it's a Tuesday, and I'm sorry we weren't here yesterday. We had technical difficulties. That's uh, <clears> that, Susan? Yes. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> that was just my uh, editorial comment. Okay, okay. Well, I just wanted to explain. I just remembered that we didn't have a show yesterday because it, it's not our fault this time. It was Zoom for some reason. I don't quite understand. Um, so uh, I guess Susan's here. <laughs> um, Susan? Yes? I I just watched, watched Jeff Bezos go up. Uh, Me too. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was pretty neat, actually. It's I've, very I, neat. I'm not saying it's not neat. I'm glad the uh, 86-year-old woman got to go up. Uh, but, um, I was just 82. listening to 82, but I, I was just, uh, you know, I'm with, I'm with the person that was, uh, you know, discussing this on television afterwards that said, uh, you know, I still think there's a lot more important things than two gazillionaires racing each other up into, you know, yeah. Space and and right. I think there's right. a lot more things to be spending that money on and I'm you know and he, and he said and I think it just speaks it it just speaks volumes about where we are as a country in all sorts of different ways. And well, I agree with country, him. country, as a yeah, I don't I well I was on whatever network I was watching. I think I had I think it was MSNBC. I had on someone actually said during it. This is American exceptionalism. Yes, I heard that too and I just and I snorted. Yeah. I don't know. I have many mixed feelings um about it. Uh I was just reading about her, now the oldest woman ever to have right gone into space, pretty remarkable human being. She's one of only two of these uh still alive of uh the women who were Trained in the initial, you know, Mercury astronaut program, and um, I, I was reading that these women were put through the same tests of all the all the male astronauts, and it it says here in the science section that across the board the women uh, outperform that <laughs> they did as well or better, yeah, right. than the men. Um, and some of what they had to endure, well, you know, it's well known, those horrific tests they put people through, uh, having ice water pumped into their ears to induce vertigo, uh, being put inside a sensory deprivation tank until I guess they went berserk. Uh, she, the 82-year-old, was in the tank for over 10 hours and the researchers who were monitoring her were getting really annoyed because they wanted to go home. (laughs) (laughs) And the problem was she'd fallen asleep. Well, of course. (laughs) 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 What any smart woman would do finding herself in a nice dark (laughs) room reclining. yeah. Yeah, oh good, I get a chance to sleep. Somebody once, yeah, I once had... A, I mean, you know, a, at least they weren't pouring ice water in her veins and they weren't shaking her up for hours at an end, you know, this is... A, right, right. This was a nice one. This was a nice. sensory deprivation. <laughs> I would like that myself. Jeez. So, um, oh boy, I don't know. I got so much here. Hey, what happened to uh, our sibling? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid he doesn't feel very good this morning. <laughs> Oh, now why, God Almighty! Well, he—it's unfair. T- I—it's unfair. We actually split a bottle of wine last night, and maybe just a tad more. This—this this is an undeserved response. You mean he didn't drink that much? He, no. Unless he sneaked back down when I wasn't looking, but I don't think so. <laughs> God Almighty, I I was speaking to uh, Susan and my brother, who's at her home um, last night. That was pretty late last night. I forget. Well, it was it was eight o'clock your time. I think I I think we called you around eight o'clock. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Then I'm not remembering that right. I thought it was much later. Then how come I went to bed so late? I was blaming you. No. Oh, what difference does it make? Okay, okay, okay. So enough. God almighty. Uh, oh. Okay, I want I want to read to you um, my favorite uh, sentence of the day. I read this, and I want to share it. Okay. It seems like when you're on, Susan, I'm often getting into the, um, well, I think it's because the science section comes out on Tuesdays. Okay, here it is. A meadow frog hopper. Now, I got mixed up because uh, that's a being. It's a, it's a, it's, I thought it was a frog, but then I thought again, but it's a frog hopper. It, no, it, oh, it's a thing. It's a thing that collects frogs. No, it's an insect. Oh. (laughs) It's an insect, a tiny little insect about the uh, size of a tic-tac. And um, it gets its food from sucking up xylem sap from flowers. Um, Xylem, you know, X, Y. You're in the spelling bee now. X, Y, L, E, M. Yes, of course. Anyway, so its sucking powers are so amazing since xylem sap is is like extraordinary hard, excruciatingly difficult, says the article, to suck. <laughs> and this insect's ability to suck is like the greatest on earth. There's not a better suck up than these guys, the meadow frog hopper, no bigger than a tic tac. But here's the sentence that started the whole story. A meadow frog hopper urinates so much that it could drown itself. But luckily, it has a butt catapult that regularly flicks its globules of liquid waste into the air and safely away from its body. So this thing, this bug is urinating almost constantly. But it's not just like what we think of urination. it is propelled from something called a butt catapult, so that it doesn't so, so that it doesn't drown in its own urine. And the oh, raider, I got to save u- this one for my grandson. We'll have lots of chuckles over this. Okay, okay, okay. And the reason the urine it's urinating so much is because the xylem sap it's sucking up that no one else could is almost bereft of nutrients. And that's what it lives on. So it literally has to suck and suck and suck and suck and suck and and pee and pee and pee to get and catapult and catapult and catapult. Well, it's a life. (laughs) It's a rough life. (laughs) At least it doesn't have to wake up in the morning and try and figure out what to do. That's true. Um it uh the headline is Big on Drinking, short on looks and an enormous suck up. There it is. The Meadow Frog Hopper, a tiny little insect of with great power of sucking. So there's That's that. not what that was not the article I found, I mean, when I was looking for things of interest. The one that I found when I was looking for things of interest was was disheartening. And well, it's yeah, about, because there they're a dime a dozen that just d- did you us. see the story about the Para Olympian swimmer Yes, who, Yes, yes, yes. Let's tell people that horrible story. I did not Uh, So there's a Paralympian swimmer, okay. So who is by definition uh, disabled in some way to qualify for the Paralympics? In her case, well, yeah, she is deaf. Uh She is deaf and almost totally blind. Uh, She is one step up from totally blind in Paralympian uh, thought. Well, she's And she's, and, and she has been to the Olympics before. And, and gold medals, amazing gold medals, gold medals. I think she has what four? Something? Yes. And uh, her, her coach is also Katie LeDecky's coach, and he find, He said they're so similar. It's amazing. Anyway, she had to say, "I uh, I can't go she to can't the Olympics," come. and the reason she can't go is because the American Olympic Committee. Committee is, um, is telling her that she can't bring along her aid. Which in this case is her mother, but that's not the point. She can't bring along anybody to show her where she is. They expect her to go, they expect to drop her in the middle of Japan, blind and deaf, and she's supposed to be fine with a mask over her face and everybody else's, so she can't lip read even, even though she's blind. She apparently can see well enough if she's standing on top of you. And so she had to leave. And when they're researching, why, you know, is, how, can you, how can you throw up? Paralympics and not not let people have the AIDS. aid that they need to get to the venue. Tell me. And it's, they it's said, an Oh nerd. no, it's Japan, it's Japan's rules about not having anybody there. And they they go to the the International Olympic Committee and they go to Japan, and they're going, No, that's not our rule. Of course you could bring someone, that's your people. So the US Olympic Committee as usual. Um, I just like to say hey, they're awful. Yeah. So I what I don't understand is then a whole bunch of Paralympians uh obviously require That's uh, right. An aid of some sort. Um and, and she said the ones that are still going are, are frankly terrified. Unbelievable. Yeah, that was a bad story. I read that and you wanna you wanna scream at somebody. You wanna I don't here's my no question. Sense. How if can how can you disabled? be in charge of yeah. of a Para Olympics and not yeah. understand that some very basic concessions they aren't concessions, yeah. are are things that they view as concessions are not concessions that can't occur. These are exactly. necessities. Right. Exactly. I mean, how the hell is she supposed to find the swimming pool? Which is her question, or how is she supposed to find the cafeteria? She she said she would. I mean, well, this, she, is she is how, this is how this is why death. this is why she reacted this way at a previous event several years ago. She was there alone and and realized she couldn't find the cafeteria and just crawled up into a ball and was sobbing and had a terrible anxiety attack. And her mother had to come and get her. And she said, I can't do that again. I know I can't do that. You know, I can't see anywhere near as well as I could see four years ago. So I can't do that. Unbelievable. I mean, it does. It it begs. So many questions. It's, it's hard to believe. And, you know, the the uh, the U.S. IOC uh, has gotten many a black eye in the past. The IOC in general has. The whole well, Olympics. but it turns and, out, you know, it, it turns out not, that some of these black eyes, they had an awful lot of help. I mean, if you were saying, well, that's a conspiracy theory, because how the hell could you get three different FBI officers to pay absolutely no offices to pay absolutely no attention after hundreds of complaints were made? You know, I mean, there's no conspiracy. Well, you know, there was. Susan, you didn't you you. Just you're assuming I mean, everybody knows. Okay, I'm dropping back. I'm, the, I'm, I'm talking about talking Larry Nasser and, 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 and complaints yeah. having been made to more than one FBI office. Right. But it turns out right. that the guy that was in in charge of one of the investigations um, yes. also was seeking a job in security from guests. Would it be the Olympic Committee, the Gymnastic Committee? Well, yeah, he was. So he just kept, you know, jettisoning these things. I think he's been fired. Now they're looking to bring charges against him. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Olympics, I have a little item here that's intended to be more lighthearted. You know, the whole idea of the Olympics used to be, didn't it? that these were, um, amateur athletes, right? Yes. So I've never understood how, if they're amateur athletes, how all these big stars in golf and tennis and basketball, I, when did the, when did that become something you could do? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think the Americans decided they could do it when every other country was doing it. But it's not what it was. I mean, all the best sports, all the best players of sports and certain sports are professionals. So no one wants to watch the lesser than I mean, that's all I can think of. It's ratings. It's always it's about ratings, which is money. It's television it's it's television more than anything else the olympics are held <laughs> not for the athletes the athletes are the least of that's why these kinds of things happen the athletes are just the um you know the lure that gets people in and uh they're like tree trunks to paper mills and not much more okay i want to talk about the baseball uh team um now, I'm a little... Which one? The gunshot? On? This is what you were doing great. Which baseball team? The gunshot one or the one where they threw a ball at the at the outfielder? <laughs> I'm talking about Olympic baseball. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I, the uh, news is so horrifying. It just, you know... I know, I know, I know, I know. So is there any... Um, uh, I don't even... Like, theoretically, they should be made of, you know, made up of really high quality, you know, say, college baseball players. Yeah. But I think that, that's not the case. And I'm not no. sure who's paying playing for the American team. One of the problems is that the Olympics are during the baseball season. So it's sort of hard for players, right, to be right. two places at once. I think that's one of the problems. So – I want to. There aren't a lot of countries that uh, field a baseball team, and in and then there's competitions to whether or not they make it to the Olympic level. My understanding is is there are only six countries that will be competing in baseball. Yeah, you can figure some. Americans, American, Japan, Japan, right. Um, and then uh, let, let, let's say Dominican Republic. There's a lot of baseball players that come from. That is correct. Uh, Cuba. That would be a good guess, but is not the case. I'm not sure why. Uh, I'll give you the other. So it's U.S., Japan, Dominican Republic, Mexico. Yeah. Korea. Yeah, and Israel. Now, here's the funny thing: there are next to no baseball diamonds in Israel, and the guess is is that there's maybe in the entire country a thousand people who play organized baseball in Israel. But if you dig into your memory bank, you might remember that somehow four years ago, or maybe four eight years ago, the Israelis did field a baseball team um, made it was this ridiculous hodgepodge of former Jewish baseball players, amateur and a few professionals um, who were able to, by virtue of being Jews, also get Israeli citizenship because you have to be if you're playing for Israel, you have to be a citizen. And if you're a Jew anywhere in the world, Israel will say You're a Ci- citizen. Right. Right, right. So you might remember they were this they had a um they had a mascot who was called the Mensch on the bench. <laughs> And it was a dummy. It was a, you know, it was a dummy that they that they uh, that they they dressed in you know Hasidic clothes and you know the, the right. you know hair with the rings and the strings and the this and, and the black that. hat and the long black and they, coat. Yeah, yes. right. And they put him in the dugout, and um, they would give him ceremonial ceremonial offerings like manischewitz wine and gefilte fish. <laughs> that the men on the bench is no longer, they've decided they're going to be more serious this year. So they're still fielding a, a team and it says right here, it's a rag. Ta- ta- this is again from the sports section of the New York times. It's a ragtag assemblage of retired major leaguers, current minor leaguers and weekend warriors. Uh, One of the pitchers works in Manhattan as head of programming for City Winery. Another pitcher is an investment analyst with Goldman Sachs. And another is an exporter of bathroom fixtures. (laughs) Living their dream. They're living their dream, man. Yeah, but listen to this. Four years ago, the Israeli baseball team was ranked 48th in the world. But they qualified for the world basketball classic and made it to the second round.
1: So we're and basketball then, now,
0: not baseball, basketball? No, I said did I say basketball? I meant yeah. baseball. I'm okay. still in baseball. Okay. So these these is these upstart ragtag uh Israelis are like winning. And in two thousand nineteen they continued winning by qualifying for these Olympics. And one of them, uh, the team trainer, uh, said we joke that we're a combination of the bad news bears and the Jamaican bobsledding team. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, well, they are, they're living their dream. They're They're having a good time and they're doing well at it. Right. So they were trying mightily. There were people really working to find, um, guys who could play baseball who were jewish um and they combed every roster of every you know looking for goldbergs and cohens and you know that kind looking for any jewish name and those they you know they got all the so then they had to dig deeper and find people who don't have jewish names who in fact were who jewish. Are jewish right right and so they found I mean, like me, my name—I have an Irish name. You've got a German German name, right? Yeah, you know, so you don't necessarily know. And our and our and our maiden name was Miller, so that doesn't tell no, you anything either. Doesn't tell you. That's right. So, um, they came up and they really worked it. Uh, a guy named Ty Kelly, who was a major leaguer, turned out to be a Jew. A guy named. Danny Valencia <laughs> turned out to not only be a Jew, they had they had his bar mitzvah certificate. <laughs> they had proof they did. And yeah, so, you know, a lot of these. The mother, see, in Valencia's case, it's, the mother, it's the mother, mother, is mother Jewish. was Jewish, and then the father and, wasn't. And yeah. he married Valencia, but it turns out Valencia converted to Judaism, mm-hmm. the father. So this guy, Valencia, I don't know what team he played major the major leagues for, but so he, anyway, he's one of the real bona fide players on the uh, Israeli team the, their star is a guy named uh ian kinsler and he's 39 years old and he was a a, a second baseman for somebody i don't know anyway so there you have it i just think that's great if, if you're looking for things to root for uh at the olympics um the israeli really- baseball team that sounds like fun <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a good story. How come you? Good for you, Lynn. Good for you. Here I am, the usual cockeyed optimist, and there you are, the usual total depressive. And we've switched. Well, I'm trying because it's so brutal. The news. It's so brutal. Um, I'm I'm surrounded here by stories that you know. You know. The end of the world is. I mean, if you're not a Chicken Little, and Chicken Little's not the right one because Chicken Little was incorrect. Right. But no, so, but but we're we're totally correct when we go. The sky is yeah, falling. No, <laughs> no, we're we're correct now, and and very few people with any uh, knowledge would would deny well, that. Well, just I have ask one the other. people in Germany. You know, they are, they've noticed that something's yeah. Uh, awry. How could Um, could three days of rain fall, I mean, three months of rain fall in 24 hours? Well, you know where some of the biggest wildfires are right now. In Portland? No, I'm global. Oh, no, where? The rainforest? Siberia. Oh, Siberia. Siberia. Oh, right. Siberia. It's, it's, yeah, right. Well, so Siberia has seen Triple digit temperatures. And that heat, which is unknown in Siberia, has parched everything there. And now the wildfires come. And the wildfires are burning down the Siberian forests, which I hate to tell you this. By that alone, that will accelerate the warming of the planet because those forests in Siberia absorb tons of carbon out of the atmosphere. They're like, again, you had mentioned the Amazon. Yeah. So here are these forests that are going down and um, the coldest winters outside of Antarctica – and now, hundred degree temperatures and uh, wildfires. One has already burnt sixty thousand square miles of, of forest, and that is uh, what is that? As large as the size of Florida. Just letting you know, because there is that a that's a good. Yeah. Well, now I'm so miserable thing. I can't stand. <laughs> Okay, I'm, oh. I don't, hang on. I'm. I'm just. Uh. Uh. Oh, somebody sent me something that was great. You know, we like to brag about Mom, who's going to be yeah. 99 in a few weeks. Uh, someone sent me a story about this woman. Um, who's 101 years old, and guess what? She works as a lobster fisherman. Well, sure. That's probably, I mean... What do you mean? Well, sure. First of all, it's unusual to get to be 101. And to be 101 and working, and working in a physical way. Anyway, it's a TB's story about her. You know, let just sort of use it or lose it, you know, if she's capable yeah, yeah, yeah. of doing it, you right. know. Right. Well, she does it with her son, who is as our father would have said, an Alta Cocker himself. Right. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's gotta be in sevens. his eighties. No, he's 78. he's 78. And they, they go out on a, uh, they they take the boat out and he does the heavy stuff, take pulling in the, the lobster traps and this and that, but she's driving the boat. She also, by the way, drives her SUV. Don't tell mom. One hundred and one. She's driving the boat. And she also, when the when the lobsters come on, she bands them. You know, they're they're right. She's the one that, that goes them. after the claws. Right. She's she's banding them and stuff. And man, she was the happiest person. She was happy and laughing and every she actually started annoying me. Because after everything she said, she would just laugh and laugh and laugh. And I thought, you can't be annoyed by a happy 101-year-old woman. But I was. I admit it. Like I would be annoyed. I would be annoyed at anybody who laughed after everything they said. Well, maybe she was nervous. Does that occur to you? No. Well, maybe. She didn't didn't seem like the type. The other interesting thing is I think this was in Maine. Yeah. I didn't understand a word she said. Oh yeah, that's an accent. That's an accent. Wow. But anyway, there she was. Uh what else do I have that's maybe uh uh, uh oh, oh, somebody sent me a poem Susan a la Dr. Seuss. Yeah, right? about uh the space it, flight. No, it's patterned after green eggs and ham and um and it's about how people of our age are feeling these days. Okay? Okay. I'm about to do a rendition. Very short. I cannot see, I cannot pee, I cannot chew, I cannot screw. Oh my god, what can I do? My memory <laughs> shrinks, my hearing stinks. No sense of smell. I look like hell. My mood is bad. Can you tell? My body's drooping. Have trouble pooping. The golden years have come at last. The golden years can kiss my ass. A little crude there at the end, but that's it. Okay. I'm sharing it for, for anybody who got a chuckle, okay? Well, or for anybody and. that's nervous that what they're living through is somehow unusual. <laughs> <laughs> it's apparently universal. Oh, yeah. So here's the other thing. I saw an obituary, and, man, I my head went, whoa, because there was a name of a guy that I worked for once. And, um, and I thought, oh, my God. And then I saw the age. I thought, no, no, because he was younger than me, um, but was or about the same age. And this guy was 80. I thought, well, it might be his father. And then it turns out it wasn't his father, but it was, yes, an uncle. Here's the title, the headline. William H. Regnery II, who bankrolled the rise of the alt-right. Guy." Now, this is a guy whose name you don't know because he flew under the radar. The name you do know is his brother, I believe, and the father of the guy I worked for, who founded Regnery Publishing. Oh, that guy. Yeah. And they print every horrific book by every, you know, right winger imaginable. So the Regnery. That's where Josh from- Hawley went after. uh yeah, yeah, after they stopped whatever, the right. reputable publisher wouldn't be. Right. So Regnery was uh, a lawyer. The one I knew was a lawyer in Madison when I was working as a legal secretary, and he was at the firm I worked for. Melly Shields, Walker and Pease, may I help you? <laughs> Jeez. And Regnery was the youngest one that had been hired. And what a jerk he was. I mean, I could not stand this creep. And at the time, I didn't know, you know, this was before, this was in the, this was like 1970-ish, 71-ish. Um, and he was horrible, and then i later realized oh my god cuz i know he left there to take over regnery publishing al al regnery and he's quoted in the the obit the sob but listen to what his family has done first of all this william regnery now dead yes has been called the most influential racist you've never heard of and this family did Regnery publishing and this guy underwrote more horror than you can imagine. Do you know who we brought on to uh, he, he created a think tank called the National Policy Institute, which was designed to inject white supremacy, into mainstream political conversation. And guess who he found to run it? Because I'm looking at a picture of him with him. This is the picture they used in the OBIT. A nice looking young man named Richard Spencer. Uh-huh who was by then, at the time, a Ph.D. student. Richard Spencer, for those of you who think I know that name, Mm -hmm. he's the one who organized the Unite the Right rally in Charleston in 2017. The Jews will not replace us. The Jews will not replace us. And killing that poor girl, right? Yep, Yep. Um. So... He not only I mean, this guy was out of his mind and I'm looking classic here. He's like sort of a, you know, white haired guy with a bow tie and a striped shirt and, you know, looking every bit that, you know, the rich white. Racist. Yeah. He was totally into white identity, eugenics reducing all immigrations and even get this splintering north america into racially pure ethno states that's how far gone god well and he's not alone you know he was very no, successful no, he, in, he lived to see this he did it um, this white supremacy now has overtaken uh, uh, one of the parties, one of the political parties. Um, extraordinarily successful. Um, unbelievable. I knew, you know, this Al Regnery, who I knew was a jerk, and I yeah. know his dad was a jerk. But this guy is part of the family I did not know about. And he was doing this crap from the time the Regnery I knew was a little kid, he attempted to keep Democrats from voting in Philadelphia when Goldwater was running for president. So what's that? 64. It was 64. Right. Right. 1964. Listen to how he was trying to keep Democrats from voting. He hired an airplane to drop this, these chemicals would dry, well, drop dry ice into the sky to make a storm. So they wouldn't vote? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you know, those black people, they don't like rain and they wouldn't vote. He was up there throwing the dry ice out. He recalled, according to the obituary, having burned his fingers on the dry ice containers. Ah, uh, you know, I gotta tell you, Why? So yeah. Anyway, there's a regnery dead, and we should all feel better as a result. No, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll toast his passing later this evening. Okay. Now. I was for some reason – oh, I know. I was watching some stupid musical, old musical, and they were singing about Kalamazoo. And I was thinking there are certain city names that are just so – I mean, they're begging to be in a song. How do you not write a song about Kalamazoo, right? Right. And I think Kalamazoo – somebody could look it up. I think Kalamazoo has made its way into more than one song. Oh, I'm sure it has. It's just too you good. Think? It's Yeah, it's just too good. So, But then I there's started- others. I mean, it's because the sounds are so pleasant all the way through. And I mean, it's just, it, it's musical to begin with. It's not, but you, if you like bring up, like, say, I don't know, Sheboygan, that's not as good a thing to write a song about. No, because it's not poetic. Right. Uh, but I started wondering about... Uh, Oh, yeah. Five best songs about Kalamazoo. <laughs> oh, this is the one I heard, Glenn Miller. Cause, oh, that's it. It was a musical with Glenn Miller and his orchestra. Really lousy. But the song was, I've Got a Gal in, gal in Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. Frank Zappa has a song about Calumbo, whatever. Anyway, so I was thinking of other sort of song. How about Wauwatosa? No? Not. How about Poughkeepsie? Poughkeepsie wouldn't be bad. That reminds me of the Music Man song. Uh, there's a song in that called Shaboopy or something. Poughkeepsie, 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 da-da-da-da-da-da, Poughkeepsie, right? Yeah, well, it's Shapoopy, it's Shapoopy. Oh, yeah, Shapoopy. Well, it could be I'm just Poughkeepsie's saying. better, come to think of it, Shapoopy. How were we singing I sh-poopy? know, I don't know, not good. All right, let's see what else I got. <laughs> I'm I'm trying so hard. You know, Bill's resurfaced. He just wandered in through and said, "That's from Music Man, right?" <laughs> yeah. Ask Bill Good if he work. Knows any Good songs work, William. Ask Bill if he right, knows right. any songs from Kalamaz- Kalamazoo in them, because his son went to college in Kalamazoo. Yeah. No, you're not going to. Okay. Um, no, he's not going to. He's not going to what? Get on. Pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah, tell him to pick up the phone. I have one thing I want to tell him. He, she just has one thing she wants to tell you. Here. Uh, I will, uh, here, hold on. Hello. 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 Bill. Yeah. Hello, Bill. <laughs> you missed. You see, if you'd been on the show, I would have told you about the Israeli Olympic baseball team, which you would have loved.
1: Oh, it, 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 Israel has an Olympic baseball team? A week, but we've uh, had this
0: conversation. Now, are you really putting him on to talk about this? No, but Bill. Did <laughs> you, you dig
1: met. up Sandy Koufax from the grave?
0: Yeah, no, no. <laughs> That's they who I was a, thinking of. They got of. an investment analyst from Goldman Sachs. <laughs> 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 you can't make this up. No, oh. you can't. You can't make it up, I'm just saying. There's a guy named Valencia. Is there a um,
1: I, oh? So they got those Colombian Jews who like didn't know
0: they were Jews. No, or no, 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 no. He, no, he actually was Bar Mitzvah oh. Valencia, but yeah, it, he's got his uh, Jewish mom so, married a converted Italian guy. Yeah, oh, okay.
1: Got to get the athletic. Gotta gotta get the athletic blood in there somehow.
0: <laughs> okay, but so you know, I this is more Jew news, okay, Bill? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know if you. Did you hear that the Church of England is planning a formal act of repentance? And this will happen next
1: year. For how they treated Jews?
0: Yeah. Listen, it's it, next year will be the eight hundredth anniversary
1: of, of, of the butchery at York.
0: No, that's Synod what? of Oxford. You ever heard oh, of it? Oh
1: yes. Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: Okay. The 800th anniversary, now here this begs the question, the Church of England was wasn't Roman... around 800 years ago?
1: No, but they consider themselves the apostolic successors of the uh, Roman Catholic okay, so they're Church so was in England. Okay, God. so
0: they're taking it on themselves.
1: Yes.
0: And the, this 800 years ago, in 12, what is it? 12, whatever that would be.
1: 1222. <laughs> It'd
0: be 1222. They passed uh, a series of, of laws that made it almost impossible for a Jew to earn a living, or anything. And in fact, in case the Jews hadn't gotten the message, uh, about 50 years later, in yeah, 1290, they were, they they were, were just kicked fantastic. out. Yep. right they were kicked kicked out and in fact they were not Jews were not officially readmitted into uh England until 1656 yep i know would that cromwell. be queen would that be cromwell queen elizabeth cromwell oh, that's cromwell mm. so anyway in plant the, the church is taking responsibility uh for all of this uh even though it well, you've explained it, Bill. I thought you'd be able to. Uh, even though the Church of England uh, was founded in 1534, because because uh, Henry VIII had a hard on for uh, Anne Boleyn, right?
1: Yeah. Well, it's it, or, or it would have been fine if Catherine uh, uh, Aragon had produced some males, I guess. But I'm not yeah. sure that, right. that would. But anyway, the. Uh, uh, Yeah. Maybe the Labor Party should uh, undertake uh, an an
0: apology. (laughs) Right, right, right. right. I was waiting for that kind of reaction. Um, Yeah. Let's, let's, you know, all talk, no action was my uh, response. Yeah. They they got some pretty vocal. Well, this is a different – this is a church. I mean, the church is doing what – but 800 years uh, to get an apology. I'm thinking – we took a long time to apologize to Japanese-Americans, but geez, it wasn't 800 years.
1: Well, I'm not even he, sure. You know, part of me wants uh, the people who are tortured and persecuted and stuff like that. Uh, what does the apology do for them? I, I'm, I'm almost wanting to say uh, we don't accept it. Uh, there's nobody here who is, has the, is authorized to accept your apology. I mean if you want to apologize for, to yourself uh, that that's fine well, but, but for the victims uh, and, they're right. not here to they're not here to
0: accept it or reject it. Well you know there is that theory that apologies do absolutely nothing ever for the afflicted and are designed solely for to make the person who Apologize. Did the apologizing feel, feel better about what they did? Right. What is, yeah. an ap- what yeah. is saying I'm sorry, dude? Nothing. It's. Uh, I mean, I've never gotten an apology well, that made a me historical. feel too much better. I know. In but one of my books. In one an acknowledgment. My- they should call it an acknowledgment of their woeful misbehavior and not bother with the apology part. Just own it. That's the thing.
1: Uh, in one of my books, I think faking it, I, I have a chapter on apology and the two. I remember they are the two most unmeant words in the English language I'm
0: sorry yeah
1: I'm sorry they quickly they come after I they they beat out I love you
0: well you know what you point out in that that's part of the book that I actually read Bill because I think (laughs) you point out that you know think of how as a child you were told you know you say yeah. you're sorry to your yeah, brother. Yeah, I
1: know. We teach sorry. Like you say to the little kid, I have that in the book. You say to the little kid, you, you right. know, it's their little brother. You apologize to your little kid. No. Nope. You apologize to your younger brother. No. You say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then what does the parent say? Say it like say you it like mean it. it you mean it. So, there, so the whole <laughs> thing is a ritual of say, uh, faking an apology. Yeah, sure. And the little oh, kid Bill. who gets the apology loves it. He doesn't want the kid, the, the other kid saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He wants the kid it extracted from the uh, offending <laughs> kid because he knows it's killing the kid to have to say it.
0: And he knows it's totally insincere. You right? know, of course
1: he knows right. it's totally insincere, and but right. he's being compelled to say it. And if that's the punishment. right? Forcing right. the other so, little kid to say something he doesn't want to.
0: Hey, Bill, you've got an email here uh from Ben. He said, yeah. Lynn, please remind Bill that Sandy Koufax is alive and well.
1: He and is? Living. He's still going?
0: We'll put him and on the team. He... <laughs> <laughs> and he's living part of the time in eastern Pennsylvania, and Ben knows this because he's friends with Ben's parents. Wow. I know. The greatest say pitcher hi. ever. Yeah. I know. Please say hi to him for and tell him how much we just think he's the. Right. Well, I mean, we we just grew I up. I mean, yeah.
1: he, you know, when my grandmother used to buy me these uh, the book of Jewish athletes. This is like back in nineteen fifty two, and uh, how, how big a book was that? Yeah, Paul? it was the thinnest book ever. You know, there was a, bo- <laughs> the a couple of a couple of boxers, a, a, a quite a few football players at the time. Uh, I mean, uh, even the the starting line of the Green Bay Packers in nineteen twenty two was three yids. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, but um, but it was a thin book.
0: Uh, you know what? I have a friend here in Pittsburgh who's Jewish, who's Jewish, and her grandfather, and I'm a blank on his name. I want to say it was like something like Happy Goldstein or something. Yeah. He was a boxer. And oh. had, there's so many great stories about him. Uh, a yeah. Great, colorful character. Yeah? I've got the name wrong. If anyone knows. Well, you know, they were immigr-
1: They were the immigrants, the little tough kids. And they that that's who they, you know, hang around the boxing gyms and they'd be they'd be at the boxers.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, uh OK. So wait a minute. What? I have a few other things that I want to share as yeah. long as you're here. Um, do you know, I'm being told that I it's a beautiful day here. I don't know what it's doing. It's beautiful. The sun is out. The sky is blue. And um, it's not too hot. And I thought, oh, wonderful. I can take a long walk. And then I looked at an app I have. And it said, do not go outside. Well, because of smoke. Yeah, because of the smoke. No, the air quality. It's not smoke. It's small particulate matter is off the charts right now.
1: From the the fire
0: southwest? No. (laughs) No this is she's this is the fire pollution the smoke hasn't gotten to them yet it's, this is capitalistic pollution this right. is u s steel this is mm. and and they still are spewing shit into our air well no. it says i even for the next two hours, do not go out. it says worse than usual for somebody like me who's got issues. Asthma. yeah, so I just want to say, isn't that? wonderful well oh yeah okay here's what i want to know here's what i want to know back to the olympics why do the women especially like the sprinters and stuff why do they like wear practically no clothes They are mandated. Did you see that a team got... No, I did, but no, but that's not... uh, The the Olympics doesn't mandate. No, that doesn't. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and I want to get to that. You're talking about the, not beach volleyball, which is a whole other thing, but beach handball. Beach handball. Yeah, but there's male teams and women teams. And the women are forced.
1: Yeah, it's like to soft wear bikini form. bottoms yeah, instead of orange. shorts. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, okay, it's so, ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Okay, but the sprinters, so sprinters,
1: I assume I have. Uh, I mean, they got beautiful bodies, and uh, they're, they, you know, what's wrong with showing them? But I assume that they've got it down to what is the least uh, inhibitory kind of mode of uh, so your legs move
0: easily. I don't know. I don't want to well, think. Well, but it's I'm looking at a picture. Stinky. I'm I'm looking at a picture of. Usain Bolt, Usain Bolt, however yeah, it's pronounced. Yeah, yeah. Well, he with a wears, name like
1: that, where you born? To, he, he was born. To be <laughs> the fastest human being on earth.
0: Yeah, I mean
1: yeah. I mean, but amazing. anyway, he
0: wears. You can't see his midriff, and he wears uh, pants. They're tight, but they go down to his knees. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with inhibiting your. It ha, it does have more to do with because increasingly now the women. Are wearing like almost bikinis when they 're running, yeah they're well,
1: i, I don't very- know i I have no idea why what it, what it's about. I assume that the the worst interpretation you can put on it is probably the truthful one
0: I think that's right. what it is, oh wow, wait a minute. That's the only reason I'm, I'm telling you the only reason that a certain segment of society can think of to watch women 's sports is if they get to ogle them. And so, I mean, they just that that's part of the ratings. You, they have to be undressed. It has nothing to do with what they're actually doing. Right. You, you know, say ogle, I, I, and I say I, ogle. I used, to ogle run, uh, maybe.
1: I used to run in high school. You know, I, I used to be a reasonable sprinter. And the uh, women's times are just really compared to what they were when I was, you know, back in the mid 60s running. The Women's Times are really extraordinary. I mean, they've really, they're, they can well, really,
0: it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, they are something else.
0: Hey, uh, Gigi has written in, uh, you know, the audience keeps us, you know, you said Sandy Koufax is dead. Somebody writes yeah. in and says, uh, uh I say it's U.S. Steel, why I can't go outside today. And Gigi writes, uh, the AQI, which is the index. Yeah. Uh, um, is reflecting the smoke from wildfires in Canada as well. Oh, okay. So it is not, okay, but so it's not all our, it, it just, Mm-mm. it's not all our industry. Uh, We are just so lucky to live here with the worst air, one of, some of the worst air quality in the country is right here, even though it doesn't look like it. It is. And and Gigi says, I, like you, looked at the index this morning and ended up canceling my early morning bike ride.
1: Geez. I, I mean, uh, I don't know. Um,
0: uh, Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Why? You think we're being. No, uh, you're really told don't. No. And I mean, and if you can just wait for a couple of hours and then go out and do yeah. it. Because oh, it'll uh, blow by in a couple of hours. The air yeah, starts and moving, often yeah. it often it lifts a little bit. So yeah, you, you know. You, so you, you
1: send just, it over hey, to Ken... Scranton. You send it over to Scranton, and then go out and take your walk. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know. It's <laughs> everyone for themselves.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I just
0: want to point out that some of the uh, at least breaking news was that there's uh, it looks like all these states and cities and every other kind of jurisdictional bailiwick that have sued the uh, pharmaceutical companies for the horrors of the opioid yeah. uh, pandemic. Um, it looks like they've all, they've hammered out um, a settlement, but it has to be signed off on by all these state cities, counties, Native American tribes, <laughs> other jurisdictions. So whether this, and listen to what it says uh the opioid distributors and um are agreeing that they will pay out 21 billion dollars now i have to tell you something i have a million reactions i'm sure that ain't enough do you know yeah, how i many keep going. People- who's getting this do money? Do money wait wait the, wait, wait. The you know the states. People- what about the what about the survivors people. of all the deaths yeah, yeah right right Exactly, so the people um first of all, that epidemic killed and is still killing tens of thousands um well, just last year killed seventy thousand Americans died of opioid overdoses. If you add up all the numbers, it's well over half a million people dead. Stop and think about what some guy, let's make him black who unwittingly maybe ends up killing somebody or let's say even wittingly ends up killing somebody he's in jail for the rest of his life or in some places he's executed how do these people these corporations who kill more than a half million Americans and continue to kill them how come no one goes to jail well, I'd like to know that because I think you're under you're undercounting the numbers. If you're only counting the people that died from opioids and not counting all the people that died from heroin because it's the cheaper form. Well, no, I think I am for the, for fentanyl and heroin, and I think it's all of a piece. Um, but if, you know, I look at the obits all the time, and man, there there are you know people in their twenties and thirties dropping constantly here. This and you the, in, know that what I, the, yes, but it's it's not even new, and it's been killing a lot of our kids. Um, I, I I saw them start uh, two decades ago, and I thought at the time, well, these are um, wealthy white kids that are now getting addicted and dying from. These these things that we previously thought afflicted only the poor and people of color, and now they're killing our children. Certainly, they'll do no. something, and they and didn't. They still haven't. I know. There was a, a I was downtown in Pittsburgh a year or so ago, and someone had put up in front of a church down there pictures, photographs of people who had died um, from this, and it was ninety eight percent white mhm man Jeez, it's
1: not good for the republican party
0: good <laughs> and you know from 2006 to 2014 there were more than 100 billion prescriptions for oxycodone written in this country and no one goes to jail no, and and then there's there's yet another side to this problem, which is there are perfectly legitimate uses for these drugs used correctly, and now That's people correct. that actually need them, right? Can't, I a who needs a can't can't get them easily. because right. because we we the the, the to actually uh, enforce policy with any kind of nuance is apparently right. beyond our abilities in this exceptional right. country. Well, you guys, uh, my clock says we done did it.
1: Oh, good. Another cheerful day on the Lynn Collins
0: show. (laughs) She started out (laughs) cheerful. I was the one that was I was. Yeah, Bill, you didn't hear about... Can I read for Bill this thing? Sure. Bill, there's an insect called a meadow frog hopper. Yeah. I mean, it's no bigger than a tic-tac. Yeah. And it says here... That little thing urinates so much that it would drown in its urine, but for the fact, but for the fact that it has something called a butt catapult. That <laughs> catapults out of its fist. Yeah, that flings yeah. the, piss. the yeah. globules of pee into the air and safely away. So in other words, 100%.
1: part of the particulate pollution is uh <laughs> is <laughs> breathing <laughs> in pee. pea, yeah. yeah,
0: well, okay, so I just wanted you to know that and i, loved, I love Israeli I bee love I love
1: all the little things about insects they're they're so amazing yeah. they're they're right. more amazing than humans, actually, but um
0: well, they, I read recently that, in fact, this globe is their globe there are we are so outnumbered. You know, Hitchcock did the birds. If you were really going to do uh, what could happen, the insects could take us in a minute. They Well, they, they, like they, the cock,
1: cockroach, when they dig up these cockroaches in amber, uh, or, you know, that are God knows how many millions of years old they are, uh, they are exactly... Without any modification, the present up, uh, cockroach, so that the cockroach... Well, achieved, I thought you were going to
0: say they break open the amber uh, no, and they uh, walk out. Uh, uh, it, <laughs> well, they could.
1: They they achieved absolute uh, the 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 perfection of the form very early on in their evolutionary history, and no and no kind of modification was better than what it had achieved. So the 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 uh, cockroaches you see were uh, just been. Uh, you know, our perfection. And uh what is that uh,
0: is that called is that what I don't I never took Latin. They're no,
1: they, they, like
0: Sui wait a minute, is that what Sui generous means? No sui generous
1: sui generis, sui generis means a thing unto itself. it yeah, means unique a unique. Yeah. You
0: know. Okay, but so anyway, it would be what? So they they they've already identical? they
1: they they figured out on the optimal form uh, very early on in their genetic development and their evolutionary development, and they have not no kind of uh, mutation. There's no reason to, to yeah. Yeah, Well, no mutation can succeed against the dominant form, which is uh, just simply uh, the optimal Well, form. have
0: you tried to kill a cockroach? Yeah, I mean, you, know, I mean, you know what?
1: Cockroaches <laughs> are so much smarter than humans. You know how they'll just loll, loll around, loll around, and they can f- know the instant you formed an actable intention to kill them.
0: Oh, come on.
1: I mean That's they see. why do they seem to take they off the to. minute you can the minute you <laughs> decide to turn on the light. All right, no, I gotta oh, go. Bye. <laughs> bye. I'm joking. Okay, bye. well we do
0: have to go. Okay, okay, I understand. Bill safe <laughs> travels.
1: Yeah, thanks. Just ask, Just please don't let me go more than 15 miles an hour to the speed limit. My next bus, and I lose my license
0: for a year. Well, no, no don't go no, Just don't. Okay. okay. God almighty. <laughs> Welcome All right. to our family. Goodbye. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. I'll be back tomorrow. Toodaloo. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m